Over the past few programs, we focused our attention on what it means to grow up spiritually and what it looks like. We'll continue next on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Join us. The ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. This is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Hi, welcome to our program today. What does a grown-up church look like? How does a church that is mature in Christ function? Those are questions we hope to answer for you today and provide a little application at the close of the program as well. That's where we're at as we continue our series on what it means to grow up spiritually. With our time together today now from Valley Bible Church in Hercules, once again, our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. This is the church universal. This is what the body of Christ is supposed to be reproducing. Ma'am, we're being equipped. We're doing the service. And we're building up the body of Christ. And then five results will happen. These are the effects when we do this. Five things. Notice what will happen. And he names it right here in the passage. Uh, Verse 14, we'll stop being deceived so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Okay, we get established and we quit being rocked. Different doctrines different trends. Uh, we become established because we quit being deceived. There are so many deceptive voices out there today. Demonic voices, according to 1 Timothy 4. Demons are teaching their doctrines. Whether we teach the truth or not, demons will teach theirs. And they're being taught. Two, he said, you'll be established in truthing and love. Watch this. Rather, speaking the truth, not lies. And when you're speaking that truth, you'll do it in love. And that's the challenge, to have that perfect balance. Not just dead right or hard about the truth, but loving with the truth. Uh, If you put love first, you may never get to truth. So you want to stay with the truth of God's word But pray that God gives you that wisdom and blend truth and love. Uh, Take out the hardness with the truth. And uh, he said, that's the balance the Spirit of God produces. And then he goes on to say uh, that the whole body will grow up from whom the whole body. We will grow up every way into him who is the head. Verse 15, that is, the growth of the body is growing up to the image of our head. Christ is the, you're becoming Christ-like. Are you Christ-like? Is that what's going on in your growth? I've known people that can be a certain kind of Bible nuts. Uh, I knew guys that were nuts about numerology. If it happened number six day, it had a significance. Number seven, significance. Number three, are are nuts about prophecy. They know the name of the ten toes of the beast. 
They, they, they're just all prophecy, 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 prophecy. But you didn't see Christ. It's just, okay, we get it. We get it. Hobby horse. Hobby horse. But boy, they're right. They're right. Fight you in a minute. He said, grow up to be like Christ. Growth is not measured whether you land as a pre-tribulationist or not. Growth is measured if you act like Christ. It's right there. That you grow up in every way to be like John MacArthur. No, he's to be like Pastor Phil. <laughs> Yuck. To be like the head. Who's your head? Christ. Are we looking like him? Do you look like Christ? Do your kids ever accuse you of, say, you're acting like Jesus, mama. Whew. Get over there, boy. Is there any Jesus on display in your home, in your marriage? Could you imagine the wife accusing you, oh, stop that sacrifice for me. You're acting just like Jesus. And you're sitting there with the remote. Get me a cup of tea. I know a guy that quit dating a woman because they couldn't agree with who controlled the TV switch. He said, no woman's telling me what TV program. So he broke up with her. I'm glad they didn't get married, fight the rest of their marriage over who gets the control. Deep love. Uh, let's see here. This is convicting. Uh, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. You mean if we were all functioning like you said, doing ministry, building up one another, that the body would grow? Yeah, sure would. You mean without a church growth seminar? No, just a little bit of obedience. Are you equipped? Why is it so few do so much? That's why the American church is a wreck. Because we got people that are brats in the pew that have been waited on, waited on, waited on, waited on, and firing pastors left and right till they get one they think they can like for at least 18 months. What an absurdity to do God's church this way. Why don't we get somebody that loves to pray, somebody that loves the Bible, somebody that loves to preach, somebody that loves to teach, somebody loves their wife, somebody that loves Christ, somebody walking with God, and see what God can do when the saints get instructed and grow. Instead of saying, we hired you to build this church. Oh, do you see any cape? Uh-uh, you don't have Superman. I'm only one member of the body, and I think I only have one gift. Some of you think you've got many gifts. Well, we like to see some of them on display. I think I've got one gift. And it's taken all of me to do it. And some of you look so rested. I, I remember Ted Montoya came back from vacation. And Rich and I had been swimming with alligators, trying to solve this problem, that problem. And he came back, and he's at a staff meeting. He says, men, rest in God. I just feel fresh. Rich nearly knocked him out of the room. 
while you've been uh, drinking, you know, coconut, whatever, we've been over here doing it. We haven't been on vacation two weeks. And after we put Band-Aids on him, he, he got better. You know, oh, I, I just, you're tired. Why? We're doing the work. You know, it's like as men at Thanksgiving. This is my favorite line. This shows that I have sacrificial love. Honey, get out of that kitchen. Come join us. And she in love says, well, old man of God, who is going to fix this meal? Who is going to watch the turkey burn? Who's going to watch the rolls? Honey, just come be with us. You don't mean it. Because if you come over here, we're going to have burnt turkey. I say, stay in the kitchen. Stay in the kitchen. No, she's doing the work. There's no time to be over here. Oh, let's all have a cup of tea together. Somebody does the work. Those equipped do the work. They build up the body, and the body grows. Each part functions, you have a growing church. <clears throat> I'd say something that hit me this morning, <clears throat> that um, I want to be sure that we are this kind of church, and I was gripped by, are we truthing in love? I've been reading a lot of different literature that keeps talking about this homosexual invasion we have in our culture, <clears throat> where school curriculums, everything. I mean, they're, they're not out there. They're everywhere. And the church is facing a great dilemma. If we elevate this one sin and quote Romans 1, I have to say, I've read Romans 1 a few times. There's 31 sins at the end of the chapter. I said there's 31 of them listed. Not just homosexuality. We've got to ask ourselves this. Is this a safe place to bring your homosexual granddaughter? A lot of folks are chewing on this. Would this be, or is this only for the sanctified? Would you invite a womanizer down here? <clears throat> as long as our bodyguards walk with him. <laughs> Protect our women. <clears throat> but we've got to ask ourselves, is the evangelical church prepared to be kind to homosexual people if they come? Or do we have to disdain them and act hateful to them because they're doing a sin we don't do? See, if a guy was an adulterer and you invited him and you knew he's unsaved, we wouldn't say, oh, by the way, uh, he's an adulterer. No, 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 no. You wouldn't do that. You're welcome. Come. We want to share. Well, can we do that way with homosexuals? Can we do that with a lesbian? Are they welcome? No, don't lie to me. You don't have to amen. You've got to ask yourself. Because many of our younger people are going to alternate lifestyle. They're doing it in droves. And we've got this thing in the church. You can't come here. Wait, I thought sinners were welcome. What ought to be different, they shouldn't have to come here. You ought to be going there. Would you go after a homosexual to lead them to Christ? 
I'm asking you. I just think it came to me. It's personal, but it really happened. My wife's brother wrote her off and wrote me off because we said no to bringing a guy we found out later was his lover. We didn't know it. We thought he had a prison record, and we didn't want to have someone in our home that we didn't know about. So we honestly said no to her brother. You can't bring this guy. We don't know him. Richard took it that we had rejected his partner, and we didn't even know of his lifestyle at that time. He kept it secret, and we never inquired. <clears throat> anyway, he moved to Mexico, but he had to get his veteran's medical treatment in San Diego. He flies to San Diego, gets off the plane, gets down to the tarmac, <clears throat> and, and faints, falls on it, finds out he's got a brain tumor, uh, geoplasoma, <clears throat> and we didn't know then this voice of mine. <clears throat> we didn't know then that he had 22 months to live. Now, he'd already written off his sister as homophobic. You're these right-wing Christians. You don't have any place for us guys. You just tell us we're going to hell. And you don't have any place for us. Well, I know and my wife flew down, got into a little Ford Focus that her brother owned. And when they released him from this hospital and gave him a terminal diagnosis, she gathered up his stuff and she drove him back to our house. Now, he'd already told his father how bad we were, wrote us off. He was disgusted and no longer was writing her. No contact. She's one of these right-wing evangelical people. Brought him in the home, and she waited on him for 22 months. Mopped up the floor when he bled on it. We didn't know if he was HIV or not. Fall in the bedroom a lot at the end. It was ruining our carpet because he'd bleed all over. I think my own daughter... Elizabeth, getting out of the shower, falls. This brain tumor started getting Had to, she, totally naked. She's this young mother, has to call Adam Howard. Come and help me pick up my uncle. We got to get him to the bed. They said he had to have chemo. Going to have it at Travis Air Force Base. I was in the foyer one day and trying to figure it out. He had to go there every day. And Richard Armstrong was back there. He said, Pastor, what did I just hear you say? I said, well, boy, my, my brother-in-law's got to go for this chemo treatment. He's got to be up there at a certain time. He's got to do this. He's got to do that. Tell him the schedule. He said, why didn't you tell the deacons? I said, well, it's not a deacon problem. This is a family problem. He said, well, are you our pastor? You don't want to teach them. Then they talk back to you. <laughs> he, he said, uh, wait, wait. I can get some men. 
We can share getting him up there. We know how to get him to Martinez. We know how to get him to Travis. So pretty soon, Bob Kennedy's helping. Ernie Sanchez. Richard Armstrong. Um, there's another man that I'm forgetting. Uh, Andy Moore back here, first service. They um, start driving him to Travis. And then Cheryl Palmieri shows up at our house. She was struggling for her life during those days. We didn't know if Cheryl would be alive or not. I mean, she's just come back from the dead, she and Paul. God brought them back. I see you, Cheryl. And uh, she started meeting with Richard. She'd come by. Can I take you for a cup of coffee? I say, now, Cheryl, he's not eligible for marriage. You got to leave him alone. <laughs> and if you know Cheryl, she'd care less. She said, I'm going after him. I want to talk to him about Jesus. One day he prayed to receive Christ with her. In that period of time, uh, I never had a man get on his knees and beg me for forgiveness. He's the only man. Got on my knees, begged me for forgiveness, for bad-mouthing his sister and me and saying we were anti-homosexual. Did we change our view on what the Bible says? That it's sin. The second thing is, can you love a sinner? Where you love this, where the world see is not just take our Bibles and put it in their face, but will it watch your wife every morning at 5.30 sit at a table with her brother figuring out his medications. He was a fuss budget, drive your batty, such a perfectionist. And, and the arguments back and forth between because he just had to do it, but his mind's going. And she had to. Uh, I tell you right now, hear me. You don't know it. Black folks, you're here because I asked God to send you. Latinos, I prayed one day, God send me these Latinos. I wanted to start a Mexican church. Finally decided, Lord, if you'll send them here, we'll treat them just like they're first class citizens. Filipinos, we were stuck with an Indian boy in Edwin. Pray for India. Uh, that I pray God send the divorced here. Are you divorced? Do you feel welcome in this church? I hope so. This is a place for broken sinners. Amen. We're about Jesus and sinners. If you're not, you don't represent him. You're just right-wing politics, right-wing, we're right, we're right. Hey, while you're doing all this right, would you feed somebody going to hell? Would you give somebody a room in your house that was going to hell? And I'm going to tell you, we finally had peace that this uh, cancer-ridden brain, cancer victim, I have assurance in my heart, I'm hoping it gets hope, he's there. He would have never even came. He, did you know he walked from our house, which is in Rodale, as long as he could. He walked every day to church on Sundays. This is a boy that didn't go to church. But once his sister loved him, despite going public with his lifestyle, 
We had some lesbians attend the first service. I wish I could have went over and hugged them and said, we're delighted you'd come. Do you think lesbians and homosexuals went to the first century churches? According to 1 Corinthians, that's what many of them were, and God saved you. To be a Corinthian was to visit the temple of Aphrodite and have sex with one of the gods, and the god was a priest up there that got free sex, and you got free worship. The New Testament world was a dirty, filthy, sexually ridden world, and the gospel penetrated, and it gave hope. I want to tell you, homosexual, whoremonger, drunk, drug addict, our gospel can set you free. We'll love you till God sets you free. We'll love you until God sets you free. Now, I wish you'd go out of this place and tell all your friends on the job, say, we love people like you. We want to tell you the greatest story you'll ever hear. Jesus died for sinners. He saved me. He can save you. And the church said, And amen. Our time together today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. This is Truth For Today. We trust our time together has encouraged you in Christ, especially as it relates to this issue of growing up spiritually, maturing in grace. If you'd like a copy of today's program or any portion of the series you've heard, please feel free to get a hold of us here at Truth For Today. You can do so a couple of ways. By phone at 855-833-9864. That's 855-833-9864. Or you can write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. That's here in Hercules. The zip code is 94547. Another way you can reach us would be through email, and you can even take advantage of resource materials. It's all at our website, valleybible.org. Find out a bit more about us and who we are and what we believe, and take a look at, again, all of the resource materials we have available for you as you grow in grace. Valleybible.org is where you'll find us on the, on the web. And again, Please, when you stop by, drop us an email. Let us know you paid us a visit. Interested in joining us here at Valley Bible Church in Hercules? Sunday services are at 9 and 11. Details and directions can be found at our website, valleybible.org. And now, once again, as we close out our time together today, we return the microphone to our teacher and pastor, Phil Howard, for some application to today's broadcast. What does a grown-up church look like? Phil? What does a grown-up church look like? Well, how would it function? So many churches are still immature, not functioning as Christ wants. But Ephesians 4 gives this beautiful picture of Christ ascending to heaven and his love gift of his victory over death, hell, and the grave was he gave gifts to the church. And he names those people, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastor teachers but then he says he will equip them to the saints that they may be able to do the ministry to the building up of the body of Christ the grown-up church is every member of the body being equipped outfitted every member of the body serving one another 
I, as a pastor, often always load up the pastoral staff and the elders with more responsibility. The church needs this, then the church needs that. And we used to have a precious pastor with us who would often remind me, you're loading everything on us. What happened to the body of Christ? Can't the body of Christ help meet all these needs? Or is it just a select few clergymen that do all the ministry? Anathema. All of God's people have been gifted. All of God's people have been called to serve. Uh, is a hospital visit any better if a pastor makes it or a devoted saint that goes? No, God uses all of his people. And so he says, the body of Christ that's grown up is every member functioning, every member equipped, and every member building up one another. Would to God that every congregation was called a body of believers that are ministers. Everybody in this place ministers. Let me ask you, are you having a ministry in the church you attend? Are you having a ministry where God's placed you? God's counting on you to have that ministry and to show that the church is growing up. Again, for a copy of today's program or the series it was taken from, call us at 855-833-9864 or stop by valleybible.org and drop us an email. Let us know of your interest. And then come back and join us next week at this same time as we return to God's Word for growth 